Thank you for tuning in to The Way Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, we seek to showcase the way that God wants us to live by looking at what is written in His Word. The Bible says God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. This is That Way. Here is your host, Houston Welch. Welcome back to The Way Podcast. I'm your host, Houston Welch, and I'm here with my good brother, Ty Rhymes, and God's servant. And Ty, won't you introduce yourself a little bit? All right, Houston, I appreciate you having me, man. I'm really excited about this, really excited about what you guys are doing with Scattered Abroad. It's really going to be awesome. Um, my name's Ty Rhymes. I'm married to Heidi Rhymes. We work at the Chisholm Hills Church of Christ in Florence, Alabama. We've been there for about three years, I guess, going on three years. And man, we're just extremely excited and blessed to be there. And uh, we really are extremely happy and thankful for the opportunities we have there in Florence. All right, so this today we're going to be talking about edification, and I wanted to talk about edification with Ty because Ty he may he may be uh, humble about this, but I think Ty is a great edifier. Uh, we attended the Memphis School of Preaching together, though we weren't in the same class. We still got to spend about maybe well, I believe it was just the last uh, six months or so of 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 your uh, going there, but. Ty, he, he really encouraged me. Uh, he really edified me while we were there. I remember, just to give you one quick example, I remember one time where I was down. I'm not going to tell you about what, but uh, I was down, and Ty, for whatever reason, he clearly could tell. I mean, obviously you can tell when somebody's down, but uh, nobody else was really giving much concern to it. But Ty really, he, he, he noticed, and he just asked me. He said, hey, you, you feeling all right? And frankly, that 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 right there lifted my uh, my spirits, lifted my attitude. Just knowing that somebody else was paying attention and 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 took um, my care into their concern. So, Ty, as we get started, first we need to establish or define what edification is. What what does it mean to edify? What is edification? All right. Uh, I, I, the way I was thinking about this is kind of a long way around. But if you bear with me, I'll explain why I did it. Uh, the word edification in the Greek, it's a combination of two words. It's oikos and domio, which means oikos is to build and domio is a house. All right, So the idea is to build a house. And there's a lot of instances in the New Testament where we see this really in three ways. So we see it in ways like uh, when Jesus says that the temple is going to be built, like a physical structure is being built. If you imagine a house or a building being built, that's the word oikodomio, to physically build. Another way we see it in the New Testament is like Matthew 16, 18, when Jesus says, I will build my house. Here, it's a figurative idea of a joining together a formation of a people a structure, a group of people that are coming together. And then we see it in the way like we're discussing it today to build up an individual, okay? And so when we talk about edification, we're not talking about a physical, you know, uh, structure of something. We're not talking about a figurative, you know, um, compiling of people or a group of people. What we're talking about is taking feelings, emotions, actions, and attitudes and using them in such a way where a person is 
built up or encouraged, if you will. And I think by definition, sometimes we think edification just simply means to encourage. And I guess all my life, that's what I'd been told. And I thought it was interesting that Webster said that edification was this um, enlightening um, where there was ignorance or spiritual instruction. It was more than just a hey, I, I hope you're okay, which it is that, and we'll see that, I think, in the Bible. But also, it's like a, a teaching moment, if you mm-hmm. will. It's taking these situations where an individual might be down or burdened or you know whatever the emotion is, and it's, okay, let's see if we're okay, but how can I learn from this? Like, what lessons can I learn from this, too? And I, I think that's really huge. Um, and the reason why I, I mentioned those three examples, a physical structure, a figurative structure, and then our emotions, I, I want us to picture when, when we discuss edification about the building of a house. Think of a house being built right now and think about all of the elements that come together for this house to be built. You've got all kinds of workers doing all kinds of different jobs You've got all of these different materials and things that are needed to build this house. And then what happens? When the house gets built, a family has a couple of kids, they have to expand. Edification is like that. Edification takes a lot of people, takes a lot of different mm-hmm. elements of action. You know, it's not always just words that edify. It might be that I have to use actions, all kinds of different methods, you would say. And sometimes it just has to be expanded. In other words, the job's not always done. Yes. Putting a verse to that, going to Ephesians 4, where we have the the threefold work of the church laid out in in a particular verse. But then when we come down to verse 16, it says, from whom, speaking of Christ, the whole body fitly joined together like that house we just spoke about and compacted by that which every joint supplies, so every everybody's going in on it, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part makes increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So when everybody is doing their part and everybody is, is looking after the care and concern of others and also going along with that, uh, it when you said that it was that there was a teaching aspect to it, Edifying isn't just giving somebody a, a good word or, or uplifting them, but it's also it's one of the reasons why I wanted to set up this podcast the way that it is in, in having a discussion with another brother about a text or a topic, a biblical topic, so that not only can, can we both be edified in doing this, and we are being edified, but that others can also um, be edified as well through that teaching. So when when the body... When the church, we're not just looking after the, the physical concerns of, of somebody else, but we're also looking after the spiritual concerns of our brothers and sisters and trying to, to edify, encourage, um, exhort, and lift one another up in that regard. Um, when I think about edification, it, it is typically viewed as, as the building up. But when you think about it along with its, with its two brothers or sisters or however you want to view it, edification and benevolence, Edification is typically seen as the, the looking after the spiritual well-being of, of somebody. And then benevolence is typically seen as looking after the physical well-being of somebody. But edification seems to be the combining factor of those two because not only are you looking after the, the physical cues, the physical signs of a brother or sister, but you're also, in, in, in edifying them, you will help those, 
but you're also looking after the the spiritual signs and the spiritual well-being of a of a brother and sister. So what are what are some some main biblical examples that we have of of somebody edifying another? You know, I like that you mentioned that it seems to be a combination of both, both a physical and a spiritual or emotional, I would say. Um, looking after toward a certain person, uh, immediately, obviously, my mind probably went to Barnabas like anybody else that thinks about edification or encouragement. And the reason why I chose Barnabas, uh, at least in part, is because of that exact thing, how in Acts, when you look at Barnabas and the interactions that he has, and we'll start in Acts 4, we'll get there in just a minute, um, but when you look at Barnabas, you see his care and concern for their physical needs. Mm -hmm. That is, anyone he came in contact with, his primary concern for them was their spiritual needs, but never were their physical needs left unattended. And mm-hmm. so in, in that way, you see Barnabas um, encouraging or edifying both physically and spiritually to these people. And so uh, I guess, Houston, I, I don't want to jump ahead, but I know that some of the lessons that we're going to look at are, you know, how can we edify others? I, I, I kind of want to look at Barnabas as a biblical example and take some lessons that I think will be really helpful from him that might help us as Absolutely. far as how to care and can, uh, be concerned for other people. So in Acts 4, uh, in verse number 36... Acts 4 and verse number 36. Let me flip over there. Got caught up in the book of Ephesians. Uh, <laughs> when we look at, at Barnabas, um, man, the, the thing that I'm most impressed about him with is exactly the fact that you mentioned uh, about both things that he always paid attention to. So in Acts 4 and verse 36, it's more of the physical thing that Barnabas seems to be concerned with here because it says in verse number 36 that Joseph, or Joseph who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus. Look at verse 37. It says he sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. And so that's exactly what you mentioned. You have edification. You have benevolence. Sometimes it seems that benevolence is more of the physical thing. Here in this case, Barnabas was one who I think brought blessings to other people. If you want to Mm -hmm. be a person that edifies your brothers and sisters, be a person that brings blessings to people. Now, I don't want that to be misunderstood by saying that when I read Acts 4 and verse 37, that the only kind of blessings I can bring are financial. That's not true. Mm -hmm. You know, there are things that I can do for other people that other people can do for me where money doesn't have anything to do with it. But in this case, Barnabas saw a need. He saw physical needs that needed to be met. I would assume that on the heels of Acts 2 and all of these people that had come to Jerusalem, there were people that were financially in trouble because they had stayed and They weren't working, and they had traveled a long distance. And so Barnabas saw a need that could be met with things that he had. And in order to build them up, to strengthen the church in Jerusalem or these Christians who had traveled miles and miles and miles, he saw a need, he met the need. And so I think that one prime example of edification could be that Maybe I need to be more conscious of needs. I need to be aware of needs that I can meet. And if I do find an opportunity to do so, where I have something to give, be willing to give, be ready to give. Yeah, right. Just just a quick side note is that it, it's it's easy for us to fall into the trap of only thinking of ourselves and that we're not. And in doing so, we fail to look at our brothers and sisters. We fail to, 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 to look for those needs that they may have uh, because we are so self-centered and 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 a little too self-conscious, right? 
another thing, too, I think about Barnabas, since we're on this idea of a biblical example and maybe some lessons, that first one, bring blessings. That's what Barnabas did, the way he edified in a physical way. This one, I think, is more of an emotional way, um, as we have laid this out. In Acts 9, uh, we first part of Acts 9, we find Saul's conversion, how Saul was just um, an evil wicked individual who was very zealous, obviously, thought he was doing what was right, and ultimately he learns that what he was doing was not right, and his conversion is depicted in several places in Acts, but right here in Acts 9, we have this account of him encountering Ananias, making his way to Damascus, meeting the Lord, uh, obeying the gospel. We have all of these things that we see in Saul's life, and, and, and Saul has changed. We know that because we have the whole story, right? We have the Bible. Well, in Acts 9, the people that Saul deals with, they didn't know the whole story. They just knew what they had seen previously in Saul's life. So you get to verse number 26, and it says that Saul has come to Jerusalem, and he tries to join himself with the disciples, and they're afraid of him. They don't know the changes that had taken place in his life. They just knew what they had seen in the past few months. But look what Barnabas did in verse 27. It says, It took him and brought him to the apostles and declared how that on the road he had seen the Lord, spoke to him, and how at Damascus he preached boldly in the name of Jesus. So he went in out and out among them in Jerusalem, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. So I would say that Barnabas was one who brought blessings to other people. But in this case, emotionally speaking, he broke down barriers. You want to edify, break down barriers. Here, the barrier was Saul's previous life. He was an evil guy, a hateful guy, one who persecuted maybe even these disciples' families, for all we know. You know, maybe their friends were affected by Saul's evil choices or whatever. But Barnabas steps in and says, I'm going to build this man up, spiritually speaking in this case, or emotionally. Yeah, I want to pause you there. Uh, you You see this a lot of times when you come into a, a, a new congregation, let's say you move into another area or whatever it may be, and it seems like they just aren't a family. It seems like the congregation just isn't really knit together like they should be, like, like, a, like a body of Christ should be. And, and it does, it takes that. It takes either an individual or preferably an entire group to break down those barriers that's, that's holding one another back. And a lot of times it's just that it's like meeting new people. And, and that's, that's what it is. It's when you, you don't immediately uh, start talking about everything with, with a random person that you just met maybe 24 hours ago. It, it takes some time, and it's a long process. But eventually those walls have to be broken down. But you see churches that have been there for uh, 30 years. Individuals have been attending this particular congregation for years now, and yet they still aren't the family uh, that, they, that they should be. And, and you know, barriers... Barriers come in a lot of ways, and, and they have a lot of baggage attached to them. And what I admire most, I think, about Barnabas in this situation is in front of the disciples, he didn't say, now, look, I know Saul was a bad dude. You know, he didn't do that. He didn't say, I know Saul killed thousands of Christians. He never brought up Saul's mm-hmm. past in this. Instead, he says, I know what he can do for the Lord. He didn't look at his past. He looked at his potential. That's edification. That's, that's mm-hmm. building up a spiritual foundation when I don't look at what's happened in the past. And we'll talk about that with forgiveness later, Lord willing, but it's looking at the future and, and the possibilities of what God can do with a life. Uh, and, and man, Barnabas to me is just amazing. 
as far as a person who does both physical edification, what I can do to meet the needs of other people, but also spiritual. There's one other that I want to look at with Barnabas, and it's in Acts 15. Uh, as you look through Barnabas, and, and in this case, what we find is Saul uh, is on his, his missionary journeys, and verse number 36 is really where this kind of picks up, and uh, Paul and Barnabas kind of go their separate ways here. They have a little run-in, and you'll remember that, that um, John Mark, he, he wanted to go home, right, and for whatever reason, not really sure why it, it, he wants to go home, if he was homesick or whatever, we, do, we don't really know. But either way, Paul ultimately just says, okay, I'll wash my hands at John Mark. If he wants to go home, that's verse number 39, then let him go home. But then Barnabas steps up and says, you know what? Let's just go our separate ways, and you go this way, and I'll take John Mark, and we'll go this way. Edification, to me, in this passage, looks like building bridges for other people. So we, we bring blessings where we can. We break barriers where we can. But sometimes edification might be building bridges. It might be giving those people a chance. You know, the people that everyone else has washed their hands at, the people that everyone else thinks, oh, they'll never amount to anything that, you know, and, and in some ways, we've probably all thought that about someone, or we may have been the person that someone thought that about, and we wouldn't be here today if it weren't for somebody building a bridge for us. You know, I, I wouldn't be at Chisholm Hills if it weren't for bridges built for me, and you, you know, we wouldn't be here together if it weren't for bridge, bridges someone built for us. And so I think a huge integral part of edification is caring for someone physically, definitely, paying attention to those physical needs and those emotions, but also the, the necessity of breaking down barriers that might separate one from spiritual greatness, but also building bridges and giving people opportunities. Yeah. So how... Tell me in what ways have you been edified in, in your past? And I know that there's probably been a lot, but what are, what are some more of the uh, most notable that's really, really stuck with you? And it's really hard to, to narrow it down, like we mentioned, but, but a couple that I can, I can really think about are, um, particularly there was a time in my life where, uh, in my, my first work, where it was somewhat difficult from time to time, no elders, no really... Mm-hmm guidance or leadership from a, a, an eldership. There was no active presence of young people my age, and so it was, it was just a really difficult time in my life, and there were uh, actions and words done by certain groups of people in that area, groups of Christians that were just constantly reassuring you know, that maybe it was taking notice of the good things that were being done in the community or the congregation. And it was, in that case, I would say it was words, words that people chose to use toward me that made the biggest difference in my life. And, you know, people say all the time, you got words either help or hurt. They either build up or tear down. And that's absolutely the truth. And someone might say that sticks and stones may break bones, but they, that they don't hurt, you know, words don't hurt. That's the most ignorant thing I've ever heard. Words do hurt, but words also help. And so I would say, uh, definitely I can recall just numerous amounts of times where someone's words has done something for me, but probably most notable, I would say is the times where, I've done wrong. Like most recently in my life, there was an issue that came up back in February where there was a time in my life where, you know, I I had to admit I've done something wrong. You know, and, and I've had brothers that have approached me, sisters that have approached me, folks who are older in the faith that approached me in a way that says, hey, okay, you've done wrong. Let's do something about it. Let's fix it, right? And And they came to me because they cared about me, not to get on to me, not to put me down, but to say, hey, 
life has taught me A, B, C. Let's put that into practice in your life. Let's get better from it. And that's the whole idea of edification is let's learn. Let's be better as a result of this. And so I look back and think of situations in my life where people have said, hey, this is what I've been through. This is what I've faced. This is what it's taught me. Let's do this together. And uh, part of it was togetherness and part of it was the instruction. Uh, And and to me, I think that that is the most valuable um, edification that I've ever received is maybe life experience from older Christians. Thank you, Ty. Um, so if you, if you have stuck with us to the end of this, uh, podcast, we appreciate you, uh, be sure to rate and, uh, and review the podcast. Um, Lord willing, Ty's going to be back with us April 1st, and we're going to be discussing, uh, forgiveness, uh, then, um, also if you're, if you're listening to us through Facebook, be sure to like and, and share and go check out the Scattered Abroad Network, uh, page and, and like and share it as well. And if, if you enjoy what you heard, please recommend us to, to anybody who you think might be edified and encouraged. Thank you and have a good day. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.